Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And in this episode of Chick Flicks, we're talking about two action sequels by the filmmaker known as James Cameron, Aliens and Terminator 2. But first, let's catch up. So what's up, Bridget? Uh, well, I feel like since the last time we spoke, which is really just a week ago, it was not mm-hmm. co- like timing-wise kosher yet to talk about Shrill, mm-hmm. but watched Shrill like in a day. Yeah. Yes. The Hulu TV show starring mm-hmm. Ad mm-hmm. Bryant based on uh, Lindy West's not like memoir, Shrill, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved it too. I wish it was longer. Yes. Because I feel like... A lot was. I mean, are they making more? I think so. I mean, I think the reception don't, was so positive. Like, I would be very disappointed. But um, if they make more, then I will love it. Yeah, I th- <laughs> I hope they make more because I feel like having some familiarity with Lindy West's life, she's gonna fall in love with her coworker. You know, who's like introduced. Like they have that like that episode where they go troll hunting together. Yeah. And he's like talking about how his marriage is falling apart. Like, I think that's oh. supposed to be the guy that she ends up marrying. Oh my God, really? Yeah. So I was like, ooh, ooh, into it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like so hot and I like ship them. But then yeah. I have met his wife and I was like, fuck, I can't ship him. But I know. It's confusing. Do in my heart of hearts. <laughs> yeah. And he's much better than the lame boyfriend. Uh, I hate him. I know. I hate it's, Ryan. <laughs> it's, it's good though because it's like every woman has been there before. Yeah. And like, I like it too because she kind of knows that he's a piece of shit, but it's like, this is what I'm working with right now. I know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like right now she also is like kind of being super selfish. So mm-hmm. maybe she. It's a little self destructive. Yeah. 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 For sure. So. For sure. Uh, what else are you into? So I'm. I wanted to kind of do like some music shout outs this Mm -hmm. week so one that i wanted one band that i really like that i wanted to shout out was overcoats um they just followed me on instagram so i like want to shout them out but uh there are these two women who um just make really good music i Mm -hmm. found one of their songs like a while ago and it was like an acoustic version i think and then and i was like obsessed with it and listened to it nonstop. and then it i think disappeared like i think they deleted it off of spotify and but they like came out with a full album of like revamping their entire sound oh okay um but and the song was like remade into that album what's the song's name smaller than my mother is the song and i just it's so it's so emotional and like mm-hmm. I just I, it's like they sing about almost it seems like about how they sing about how shitty men are a lot and I just like that because they sing about it in a way that I feel like is very relatable to me um and then two other artists I wanted to shout out one is Dunya um who I she's really young I think she might be like 19 or 20 but I followed her on Instagram before she like got super big and so I feel like I know her I don't Hell yeah. at all I don't know her <laughs> yeah but she's like super cool she um I really like I'm still like warming up to her second album that just came out but her first album is really good I love Casablanca and Shine on it um she's like from Queens and mm-hmm. she 
um i think she's from her family is from morocco so she does a lot of like uh like she has a song called Dereja freestyle where she sings in like three different languages oh and my she's God. like she's like so hot and her like that's why i first followed her just because she's mm-hmm. hot <laughs> yeah. and and like i felt well i followed her like best friend first who because she was hot and then i found dunya and and she was also hot and but she also had a really good voice and then she's been like making music and she just is like her work she sings a lot about like her work ethic and i really respect that and she's just she has like some good bops so definitely listen to her and then finally i wanted to shout out yeji a love her yeah a korean american um girl from brooklyn that i just her song rain girl i just like love that shit it's so i I like that yeji also is like a producer too and i think it's really like we almost need i think this applies to film too like Mm -hmm. women behind the scenes as well Mm -hmm. as like uh being the front or the face of an artistic endeavor Mm -hmm. like yeji Mm -hmm. producing for other female artists is like awesome Mm, i didn't know that that she did that yeah she produces like a lot of work um wow which is so cool cool. because there's like it's i think there are like there's like a very small amount of like um music that gets produced by by women producers Mm. uh it's like really hard for women to break into um it's easier for them to be like the singer or the face of it yeah so those are great recommendations i'm gonna look up dunya uh maybe you can make a playlist yeah it's d-o-u-n-i-a is her name and then overcoats was the first one awesome some good uh spring slash summer tunes to look forward to learning is there anything else you wanted to shout out um Oh, I guess Catastrophe. I don't know if you've watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. It had its final season on Amazon, just recently aired. They came out the same weekend as Trill, so I just like mainlined them by myself one afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It's a great show about um, Rob Delaney, who plays an American businessman who uh, impregnates by accident like a, a woman he meets in London who he barely knows, uh, by played by Sharon Horgan. And the four seasons kind of just... I guess five seasons just kind of like track their relationship. They end up trying to like have a family together and it's just like a really sweet, realistic view on like love and relationships that I really enjoy. Um, I know that pop culture happy hour has talked about a few times and they always mention that what they love the most about it is that it's a show where the main characters are funny and they laugh at each other. You know, like it's so strange to watch Mm -hmm. a TV show where like no one is like realizing that the how things funny. we said are funny yeah. you know like you think of like like in gilmore girls even like it's just like mm-hmm. this is just how we talk we talk like this but in catastrophe yeah. like they make each other laugh all the time oh, so I it seems that. very believable you should watch it it's really sweet so it's okay. like a couple who are like making fun of each other and making each other laugh and, and a really that. sweet amazing ending and yeah it just makes wow. me um, wait what's it on it's on amazon prime okay cool really really good and that. you'll they're like really short episodes it's very very sweet Wow. All right. Do you want to uh, dive into uh, JC James Cameron? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I see, a lot of people refer to him as JC, and I'm like, mm, that Jesus Christ. True. I mean, he loves that. Yeah, you're right. Beating that male so, ego. Yeah. So we chose these two movies. Uh, I I think we were both unaware of <laughs> that, that they were both by James Cameron. Um, yeah. I did not know. <laughs> yeah, and he is an interesting guy kind of like a frustrating um public figure in some respects 
Uh, he was first a, a special effects guy. He kind of got his first start in uh, movie making that way. And that makes perfect sense when you think about his career, which has basically been like famous robot movie, Aliens, a movie where he like sinks the Titanic and the special effects are like groundbreaking. And then mm-hmm. Avatar, which took him 10 years to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and along the way, he's been married <laughs> to a bunch of different women who are also in film in mm-hmm. some respects. Uh, Catherine yep. Bigelow is his ex-wife. Uh, Linda Hamilton, who's in the star of Terminator 1 and 2, is an ex-wife. And Gail Ann Hurd, who produced Aliens, is also mm-hmm. his ex-wife. He seems like a kind of a volatile guy, just reading about him. Uh, apparently, he bullied Kate Winslet so much during Titanic that oh like she had like a breakdown. He called Holy her like shit. fat and stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had no idea. What a dick. Yeah. Like, they had a That's really... enough to make me be like, no. I know. I know. He He seems like really like volatile uh just reading different remarks made about him like apparently he gets he got angry when if he has a crew member who has a tan it makes him angry because that person is like obviously has time to be outside and they're not working he's like you should see the sun when you drive to work and then you should see it the next day when you're driving to work and like not any other times yeah um no yeah so he is wrong um that's horrible yeah. And he was kind of recently in the news. Uh, I mean, he's like just periodically in the news because like people ask him his opinion on different stuff or he like just mouths off against uh, other movies. Like he recently, I guess, when did Wonder Woman come out? 2016, 17? Yeah. 17? 17, I think. I don't know. Though. Well, when Wonder Woman came out and like broke a ton <laughs> of records, uh, James Cameron had to say something about it, and he said that the Patty Jenkins blockbuster is, quote, just male Hollywood doing the same old thing on account of the fact that he feels Wonder Woman is a character, quote, and I as a character is an objectified icon. And he goes on to say Sarah Connor, his character from Terminator, is not a beauty icon. She was strong. She was troubled. She was a terrible mother. And she earned the respect of the audience through pure grit. And to me, the benefit of characters like Sarah is so obvious. I mean, half the audience is female. Uh, but then didn't he... he I don't know. He just, he's like, stupid. Doesn't, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's like calling himself out but doesn't realize it. Yeah, exactly. And like... First of all, like, Patty Jenkins directed Wonder Woman. So so to say it's, like, male Hollywood doing the same old thing is just, like, incorrect. It's just, like, yeah. not correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, erases her, Patty Jenkins yeah. uh, from the movie. And, like, guess what? Sarah Connor is still hot. Like, she- yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, also, like, knowing that Linda Hamilton is his ex-wife, saying yeah. Sarah Connor is not a beauty icon. <laughs> like, you married her, dude. Yeah. What? And... I mean, like, we'll get into it, but Sarah Connor is, like, not, like, a huge feminist breakthrough, I think, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, she's, it's, like, cool to see, like, a woman being, like, we touched upon this when we talked about The Descent, just, like, to see a woman be, like, Physically capable. Yeah. 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 But she yeah she is hot still like (laughs) yeah and this seems like less to me that james cameron is like concerned with how women are depicted in film and more like i did this thing first and my version was better you know yeah Um, it it does seem like like i said he's just like calling himself out but he's like 
doesn't realize it. He's like, I'm exempt. It's like a self-owned. Like, male Hollywood, but not me. <laughs> I know. Not it's me, like, okay? Uh, you are, and like, he's like such a big part of Hollywood. It's like, yeah, he's you a huge are part. included in this. Yeah, you're, I know. You're not like an outsider indie filmmaker who can yeah. critique Hollywood from the outside. And it should be pointed out that probably the most batshit insane thing James Cameron is on the record saying, to my knowledge, is, um, so his, his huge movie, Avatar, um, it has this alien race of creatures in it. And he's quoted in a Playboy interview saying of the like main female character, uh, who's an alien. He says, uh, <laughs> right from the beginning, I said, she's got to have tits, even though that makes no sense because her race, the Navi aren't placental mammals. Like that's male Hollywood, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My hot he's alien needs tits. Yeah, he's just as bad. So, like, don't you dare talk about Wonder Woman, which it's not even a movie I particularly like, but... Yeah. <laughs> only we can critique it. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I just want to end this by saying that he has um, four sequels planned to Avatar, which no one wants. <laughs> like, where is the Avatar fandom clamoring for well, four additional I feel movies? Like, like, Ian is that... Oh, Ian loves Avatar. It's like one of his favorite movies. I have not seen it since it came out. I saw it in so, theaters. I saw it and I liked it because mm-hmm. I feel like it's like definitely like a spectacle and yes, it's really beautiful. And then I saw it the second time and I was like, the writing is so bad. What? And then I most recently saw it like a year ago because we were going to Disney to go on like the Avatar there's like a part in Disneyland that's like or mm-hmm. Disney World. I don't know which one. I have no idea what the difference is. The so. Florida one. Okay. <laughs> um, that's Avatar themed, and so we rewatched the movie, and I liked it again. I think you might just need like time between it, so yeah. you can just be like wowed by the visuals and like honestly, the love story is hot. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. But four <laughs> more movies. For... I don't understand how. Oh, how 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 how, how how how. Yeah, and yeah. it took him ten years to make the first Avatar. The second movie still isn't out. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote in our notes that he is runner up to George R. R. Martin in a race called Men Who Are Too Deep in Their Own Shit. Like I feel yep. like he's just now. It must be like at work when you let things pile up, you know. And it's like fuck. Now I have to make four Avatar movies, <laughs> and I'm like a man in his sixties. I don't know how this is gonna work. Oh my god, it's not gonna work. Yeah, especially with writing that's bad. Yeah, I mean, good luck, Jamie, Jimmy Cameron. Uh, Jimmy Cameron. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're talking about Aliens. The 1986 sequel to Ridley Scott's 1979 movie Alien, the events of Aliens follow the franchise's protagonist, Ellen Ripley, as she returns to the site where her entire crew was wiped out by a predatory and lethal alien species. In this film, Ripley accompanies a team of Marines whose mission is to rescue a group of colonists from the aliens. Like its predecessor, Aliens is a movie about corporate greed and anxiety about rape, but Cameron also introduces themes of motherhood and empowerment. So Mackenzie, is this your first time seeing Aliens? No. I don't think so. Yeah. No. I actually wrote my senior, like, thing. I didn't do a thesis, but... My senior thing. My senior thing about alien and aliens so it's a nice we have an expert in the room no (laughs) i've just i was like rereading it right before this and i was like oh the writing is so bad (laughs) i shudder to think of what my college papers are like 
I shall not look back. Oh um, God, yes, this but... is really, this is my first time watching it. Actually. I know I've started it and I have, um, I think I like fell asleep the first time I watched it, which is not a, ever a comment on the quality of a film. <laughs> my ability to fall asleep during a movie can happen at any time <laughs> in any movie. Uh, so I have definitely seen the scene where the Marines, um, wake up out of like hypersleep or whatever. And Bishop, the alien does that thing with, I mean, Bishop, the robot does that thing with a knife. I've seen that scene mm. like eight times. I feel like without really? having seen the whole movie. Yeah. And then like immediately after that you fall asleep. Yeah. It's like exactly. you get that far. That's like me with the labyrinth. I've, I've seen that the first half of that movie, like seven times. Yeah. But I've never seen the end. <laughs> yeah. It just happens with some movies. And this is something I have to admit before, because this is a, an episode about two action movies like i zone out during action like i cannot pay attention during action scenes like i my brain just like leaves my body and like dances around i don't know why what it is like i just i need like a hook like an emotional hook during well, like so and yeah have you seen alien before yes and Al- got okay because that's like a like a horror movie yes so. definitely and i think that's an interesting distinction between the two yeah that they're kind of two different genres alien is very suspenseful um the alien kind of is hunting the crew down one by one like a la horror movie getting picked up one by one and Mm -hmm. ripley is kind of like the final girl Mm -hmm. um who well so when you texted me and said aliens is like the paddington 2 of the alien franchise did you mean that aliens is better than alien First, uh, let me just clarify. That was Tim who said that. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> I want to give him credit. Um, I think a lot of people like this movie better than Alien. Um, but I like you? Alien better. No, I okay. like Alien better. That's what I was. What? That's why I was like. That's why I was confused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, me that. I. I do. I did enjoy this movie, but I do think Alien is like a better film. Um, okay, that's what I was. That's what I was wondering. I was like, did mm-hmm. you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and so this movie, uh, so the Alien was directed by Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Bannon. And then this is a James Cameron like production from start to finish. And something that's really striking about the first Alien movie are, is um, H.R. Geiger's designs of the ship and the aliens themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was not involved in this movie. So mm-hmm. this it, the movie has a very different look because of that. Mm-hmm. I think that because there were more aliens obviously in the second one mm-hmm. than in the first and because of the queen i felt like they were almost more like insect like in the second one than Definitely. in the first like in the first one i forgot how upon rewatching it this time i forgot how human it was at least in its like body like when i You're think right. of the alien the like xenomorph i think of it as this like huge more so i guess like the queen in the sec in aliens but it's actually really just like a guy in a suit with like a big helmet pretty you're right you're right and they do look they definitely are more insect like maybe it's because there's like a hive of them yeah Uh, and a lot of the scenes of them are like crawling over each other almost Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah yeah. and the so the queen was designed also by uh, james cameron he seems to have Mm -hmm. like a thumb and everything is that an expression a hand no i think it's a thumb in every pie? Is that the Yeah, or something okay. like that. A thumb in everything does not sound okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Um, so James Cameron thumbed the queen. <laughs> and uh, she is, looks like a, yeah, like a gigantic insect. Uh, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a queen bee or queen ant. Uh, and the aliens are so fucking scary looking. 
Yeah, they really are. The teeth is really, their teeth are really The mini scary. mouth. Yeah. Because they're like, they're like razor blades almost. Yeah. And, the, you, and I guess maybe you don't see like eyes really. It's just yeah. like, they're, they're just big mouths, which um, is very scary. Yeah, the the big mouth is very scary. So when I was a, a little kid, I must have been really little because we lived in our old house. So I was probably at most like five or six. Mm-hmm. I have a very vivid memory of overhearing my dad tell Julia, my older sister, the plot of Alien, which is crazy because Julia was only two years older than me. So she was yeah. probably like at most like eight. <laughs> and my dad is telling her like, oh, yeah, the alien is inside the guy and bursts out of his chest. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then that night we were all on the couch watching a movie and I was leaning against my dad and I heard his stomach growl and I was like, the alien is inside my dad. <laughs> oh, no. And it freaked me out. So yeah, that was my, that's my origin story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember like everyone, I guess when we were growing up, it was more like the alien versus predator yeah time at that cheesy point yeah Yeah, we were at the like cheesy point so i didn't really see it until like late like college i think Mm -hmm. i think like like the reason that we chose these to do aliens and terminator 2 was because not because they were both directed by james cameron because we didn't (laughs) realize that till later (laughs) but um because they're both sequels that are applauded for these strong strong female characters <laughs> yeah you Your can quotes. put that in quotes if you want yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and and also kind of for being uh i guess terminators too less so but like a genre departure or a departure in some way from the original movie um mm-hmm. and that they are sequels which is pretty rare that are lauded for critically. yeah well i also in reading about the uh, well, i guess this is jumping ahead to terminator but reading about terminator mm-hmm. more for this that the first Terminator is considered more horror in the same way that Alien is considered yeah. more horror. Which I didn't realize. I mean, I've seen Terminator, but once, and it was years ago. So, But I didn't realize that it was considered more of like a horror movie. Than... It's definitely less action. There's less like action yeah. set pieces uh, mm-hmm. in Terminator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that the, the first Alien movie has kind of a clear, like, thesis really for its themes um you know it's a it's uh it's this anxiety about like men getting raped i guess because the the process by which the aliens like impregnate their like host is Mm -hmm. so like viscerally upsetting um and kind of like the act of rape uh Mm -hmm. and a lot of like the the alien kind of looks like a gigantic phallus uh so it's a lot of like freudian um upsetting visuals wow did you read my paper <laughs> yes that is sourced uh. to Mackenzie chapman uh <laughs> uh and so this movie is like less i would say refined about what its um its themes are but i feel like it expands upon like corporate greed and I'm reading this straight from my notes, disposability of like workers and mm-hmm. in a, like a capitalist world, because we're introduced yeah. to like the Wayland uh, corporation who basically just like is able to send team after team to fight these aliens. They die, you know, and they're really ultimately interested in their own profit and bringing mm-hmm. back the aliens for like biological warfare. I feel like the first movie alien kind of uh, like sets 
Ripley up as this hero and mm. allows her to, by the end, like have a certain amount of agency just because of her own like desire to survive. But mm-hmm. by the by this, but in Aliens, it's almost like taken back, and they like kind of like I feel like backtrack almost because her motivations are, be like, like maternal. About, yeah, that's uh, a really good way of putting you it. You could argue that that it also is an alien because Jonesy the cat is like <laughs> this like uh, stand-in for a child, but obviously more so in aliens especially mm. after you see the director's cut and it's revealed that she has mm-hmm. a daughter that has died while she was in hypersleep and then she finds this um girl newt on the planet who she sort of takes under her wing and at the end newt even calls her mom mummy which i fucking hate <laughs> <laughs> yeah it that's like a really good way of putting it that like the first movie so apparently they wrote the script originally with ripley cast as a man mm-hmm. and the casting director uh a woman whose name i regrettably have forgotten but we'll find it out uh she um she was like hey why don't we just have like why don't we bring in like sigourney weaver to read for this part she would be a great fit and so they just changed like pronouns um and it's an interesting thing to consider i really liked how you put it like the first movie is kind of like ripley and her like will to live you know and like mm-hmm. her she said she like has agency and like acts in this like you know um the drive to kind of like get out of this extreme situation and preserve herself mm-hmm. and it's like both probably a good and bad thing that her gender is like unessential to understanding her as a character you know like uh I think because it was uh, originally written for a male character, she's not, like, defined by any sort of, like, characteristics that come along with being a woman. Not that Mm -hmm. any inherently do. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, she is mommed up in the sequel. Which, same, I mean, you could say the same thing about Terminator 2. Mm -hmm. Which is just, like, I don't know. Oh, God. I just, like, can't, can't women care about themselves and not kids like I don't exactly know. exactly so james cameron what is his relationship like with his mom is what <laughs> i really want to know uh, <laughs> um i think mary selway is the casting mary selway okay though. yeah so she is kind of like the person credited with gender swapping ripley and ripley is like an iconic character yeah she's so cool she is really cool and um i love sigourney weaver as her i love sigourney weaver's like looks she's like a, a very like interesting looking woman mm-hmm. um she kind of looks love... like my mom a little bit Do you yeah hell that? yeah they have curly ha- they have like the same curls in the 80s <laughs> yeah you're right actually. wild yeah they did have the same <laughs> um and i like that ripley's role in addition to like being a mom in this movie too is like she's kind of like a whistleblower and um is like there to kind of like point out like corporate greed. She has a confrontation with the 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 suit basically who's along for the ride, uh Burke, where she figures out that he's been like um sabotaging the mission from within. Mm-hmm. Um that's Paul Reiser, who's also he's in Stranger Things season two. I mm-hmm. and I really like him as an actor. For some reason, like he's he was like one of my favorite performances in the movie because yeah. like there's nothing inherently sinister about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like a guy doing his job. Uh, yeah, but it is like he's such an innocent looking like 
yeah dude but he is sinister really like he just like he only cares about he's like cowardly but in a way that makes him put other people in danger which i think is Mm -hmm. like sinister but he does look like not dangerous he looks like just this like little and i'm like wow that's like men in general hey yeah (laughs) um and so the the rest of the ensemble cast is like rounded out by um bill paxton is in it kind of like famously as this marine who's like first comic relief and then kind of like has a breakdown um and then uh the guy what when he's like game oh man yeah game (laughs) r.i.p bill paxton and then um the guy who plays hicks is kyle reese from terminator Mm -hmm. yeah he's so hot he is crazy hot and (laughs) i hadn't realized that he and like ripley kind of have like a thing really oh my gosh yes i love that he just like (sighs) listens to her and like yes what she says yes that's and the like, hottest part about it it like when there's like she, when he's like she, like giving her guns and some reason it's like so erotic for some, some reason <laughs> also because like they're both like like we don't have time for like like i think this is like subtle but they're like like we can't obviously have like a romance right now so we just yeah. have to kind of like keep it on the dl that we're feeling yeah. each other yeah i i love that i think they're so hot <laughs> yeah they're oh crazy hot I also and- like so another person is Vasquez, who is this, mm-hmm. like, hyper-masculinized uh, Latino woman. And, like, a lot of people have, like, varying things to say about her. But I love her. And I also love her hype man, who yes. is, like, like, I love when Vasquez, I forget what happened. Oh, some guy, like, makes a joke and is like, hey, are you ever mistaken for a man? And she's like, no, are you? And yeah, I love that, and I love how her hype man is like Vasquez. You're just too bad. I I know <laughs> that line. That's like my favorite line in the whole movie. I'm gonna quote that forever. I just yeah. like, I'm like, wow, she is like too bad. Like, so, so cool. she was uh, the actress uh, is actually not Latina. Oh really? They, oh my god. They <gasps> like sp- they like spray tanned her. Up. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which sucks. Uh, Jeanette Goldstein is her name. Uh, yeah, she is not a Latina woman. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And what, watching her in this, I thought about um, Annihilation and uh, Gina Rodriguez's character. And I was like, I wonder if Vasquez was like inspiration for her, her character because they're mm-hmm. both kind of like tough talking, like uh, a little more like more masculine la- Latina presenting woman. Like obviously Gina Rodriguez is a Latina, uh-huh. but uh, <laughs> or is Latina, but this woman is not which i was like i wonder why they did that shit did not know yeah. that but i still do, i still do love that line though <laughs> yeah no it's it's a great line and it's cool to see and i think alien does this as well too like there are other women on the crew you know mm-hmm. um i think what would have made me upset is if like ellen was like the singular woman ellen ripley was like the singular woman on both of these expeditions but like mm-hmm. she's not so that's yeah. good so uh you pulled this great quote uh from the blog cinema autopsy um about uh the alien in aliens and like the aggressive this is a quote sexual penetration symbolism um is even more aggressive and violent when the queen alien impales bishop on her tail at the end of the film which i thought was really interesting um that the queen character does have like this whiplash tail that she spears people with and I'm trying to find that other quote that I liked. 
Oh, okay. Here it is. It's from, this is from the Metaplex, uh, a review. And it says, for instance, the themes and symbols of the first alien are reversed where the first film grappled with deeply Freudian ideas like male fear, male fear of pregnancy and rape aliens is a meditation on maternity. The plot could be summarized in one simple sentence. Two matriarchs go to war. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I guess I, like the final showdown with Ripley versus the queen Ripley says to her, like, get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. And she says that in the same, I feel like, I feel like it's hard because aliens is like forcing Ripley into this mother role and also saying like the only reason she has to like fight so much is because of like her maternal instincts. But it's also demonizing the role of the mother, which both movies do in mm-hmm. Alien and Aliens, like the betrayal of the mother. Because like, in Alien, the ship is called Mother, and at the end, in the climax of that film, Alien says, Mother, you bitch. And then in the mm-hmm. end of this one, in Aliens, Ripley says, Get away from her, you bitch, to the queen, the mother. So it's like, on one hand, it's kind of like... Uh, See, mm-hmm. Like I mean, I think bombs are great. Like, yeah, of course. But mm-hmm. I don't think they should be the only reason to the like, ca- the only cat like uh, characterization of a per of a female character. Yeah, and I think that this movie is not doing either of those things justice. Mm-hmm. Like it's Agre- agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I definitely agree. Yeah, uh, I was like, does that like- make sense? <laughs> And it's interesting also to see that um, both of these movies, both of these James Cameron properties, like, um, construct, like, a nuclear family of a a mother-father and a child. Like, Mm -hmm. Hicks and Ripley and Newt uh, Mm -hmm. are, like, the surviving members of the expedition. And then Mm -hmm. Sarah, John, and Arnold uh, in Terminator 2, which we'll talk about in a second. This is another quote that we love that we read. um about James Cameron. Cameron still plays loving homage to all the tropes of the action genre, but that doesn't mean he won't subvert them. At the very least, he introduces a new twist. The first big action sequence spends almost as much time showing characters worrying about those in the battle as it does showing the battle itself. This isn't mindless sensationalism. Cameron keeps it human. I actually kind of, I love that because people are like fucking stressed in this. Yeah, they are. Like I hate like so that uh, TV show, like Jack Ryan or whatever, Jack, oh, Lord. whatever the fuck, yeah. um, with John Krasinski. Uh, yeah, John Krasinski. That is like so violent and for no reason. Like it's a TV show. What the fuck? And like I usually don't catch that. Like I usually yeah. am not like, oh, this is too violent. Like I, I usually don't really care that much. But mm-hmm. in that one, it really struck me. And that made me think of this quote because like. This movie is violent, but it does definitely show people just, like, being stressed out. Like, Hudson is the perfect ex- exa- example. He's just, like, f- out of his mind, freaking out and scared about it. And I think yeah. that just, like, adds another layer of, like they said, like, humanization to yeah. the characters. And it, and it can, like, rackets up the tension. Like, when characters yes, are responding. 100% it like that you're like fuck they don't have any idea what they're gonna do like, yeah uh, like in this movie everyone is like so sweaty <laughs> like the whole uh, yeah, time everyone is super sweaty yeah and i'm like fuck that's so stressful <laughs> they must be so uncomfortable like yeah Love and that. you know they're not getting a good eight hours either no sucks <laughs> who, would, who would who would this looks like such a terrible vision of the future too i know like it it truly 
it's funny too like the way that our vision of the future is always just like a time capsule of the time that it was imagined yes yes at like it's just so like a like someone still look very 80s in this yes and someone in it says like oh it's the size of nebraska and i'm like nebraska still exists in this why would anyone use nebraska yeah exactly like why would nebraska be a measuring stick yeah uh not the size of your like air like your rocket ship or whatever yeah (laughs) um yeah it's so true it's like we can kind of only visualize like for instance like costuming in the future in reference to like what people are wearing now you know like Mm -hmm. uh the scene at the very beginning where ripley's talking to a bunch of like um like people from the company Mm-hmm. all of the women have like big 80s hair and like power mm-hmm. suits mm-hmm. and they're like a little uh like different to make it look like more futuristic but they're mm-hmm. still so heavily influenced i know it's very funny it, yeah it's like hard. the it's one like, like the one of the men are is wearing like a suit and like the call half of the collar is turned up and half mm-hmm. is sold down and that's like that's as much as you get for like yeah any sort of difference it's the future I always think about this, but I didn't like love the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix, but Mm. I do remember it, the um, production design for like how they envisioned the future was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that um, an interview with a costume designer who was like, nothing is going to drastically change, you know, like we're all going to wear pants and tops. Mm -hmm. But she said she was thinking about how we would have less buttons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like people would get sick of buttons or they would become like antiquated. Mm -hmm. Everything would like be able to like be like there would be less zippers and buttons like we just find ways to make like to phase those out so she like basically did that with the movie and kept clothes the same otherwise i thought that was Mm -hmm. really interesting that is cool (laughs) um we're gonna look back on that in 10 years and be like wow that was so 2000s or whatever yeah exactly (laughs) that's so true um so i looked up some one-star reviews for this movie and people hated newt Newt was the uh, LVP of this movie. Um, <laughs> they were like, her screaming was so annoying. Uh, one person wrote, the little girl screaming got so irritated. I wanted nothing more for their, nothing more than for her to die. There I said it. Like, that repeated itself a lot. Jeez, um, yet again. <laughs> I know, but this one made me crack up. This has got to be the worst in the series. I am split on this in Alien 3 on which one is worst. First of all, there is a cat. I hate cats. Deal with it. <laughs> There's not even a cat in this one. I mean, <laughs> the in the very one. beginning. No, yeah. in the very beginning, Jones. Yeah, it's still but so not, stupid. But not ne- Jonesy doesn't yeah. play nearly yeah. as big of a role in this <laughs> exactly. film as in the first. I know. Calm down. Fast forward through the cat scene, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. Mackenzie, what are your final thoughts and rating on Aliens? Um, I really like this movie. If I'm separating it from Alien, I would give it like a seven, but I, cause I would give Alien like mm-hmm. an eight and a half or nine. So yeah. I just love Alien. So, but yeah, separate from that, like I think a seven maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I love uh, Sigourney Weaver's performance. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, it's hard to separate because I have so much, like, affection for the first movie. Mm-hmm. And this, in many, many ways, is still very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I just have more trouble, like, engaging with an action movie. Uh, and would always mm-hmm. rather watch, like, one based on horror and suspense. So I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Cool. 
So the next movie we're talking about is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Seven years after the first Terminator film, Cameron returned in 1991 with Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Terminator 2 introduces John Connor, a 10-year-old boy destined to one day lead a human resistance against a new ruling class of violent machines. Linda Hamilton reprises her role as John's mother, Sarah, who is transformed into a paranoid guerrilla activist and has been institutionalized after attempting to bomb a computer factory. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back as the titular Terminator, except in the sequel, he has been sent to protect John from the shape-shifting T-1000. I know this is stupid of me to complain about or even to talk about because, like, what is a neutral accent? (laughs) But why would a robot have a thick Austrian accent? I was thinking about that, too, and it's pretty impressive that Arnold Schwarzenegger was able to become the star that he was. Because, like, imagine a woman with a thick accent like that. Like Sofia Vergara. Yeah. But it's like in the like in the not, like eighties or whatever. Whenever he became, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, yeah. I, I was reading that he originally was like auditioning for the role of Kyle Reese, who is John Connor's dad in the future, mm-hmm. slash Sarah Connor's like love interest in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, James Cameron like basically kind of realized it would be better for him to have less lines. <laughs> Uh, and he was like, this is going to be, like, the iconic character anyway. He's like, just not, not he's Reese. not, like, a good act. Like, I don't think he's good at being. It's difficult because I think in some ways he's really charismatic. Like, his on-screen, uh, his on-screen presence is, like, in a way, like, com- charismatic and compelling because he is, like, this huge man, this huge muscular mm-hmm. man. Um, but he's well-suited to playing a robot, I guess. That's what I, that's what I think. Like he's yeah. good at playing. I feel like a robot with like a little bit of comedic, like relief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever um, seen kindergarten cop? No, it's like the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I think it's <laughs> about, he is a cop who there's like a plot to kill like a teacher or something in this kindergarten. So he goes undercover as one of the kindergarten teachers. It's very funny. <laughs> I'd probably love that. I love like, daddy daycare isn't that a movie with Eddie yeah. Murphy? i loved Tim's that favorite movie yeah <laughs> yeah he's he's definitely like he he's definitely can do like uh humor and comedy uh and action uh you know <laughs> yeah if there I, is a movie where arnold schwarzenegger has real acting chops please let me know <laughs> yeah seriously send it our way yeah he's, he's more suited to politics question mark what is going on with our worlds <laughs> yeah that's so crazy uh, um and he's going to be Chris Pratt's father-in-law soon. I hate Chris Pratt so much. I know. So <laughs> done with Chris Pratt. Uh, <laughs> um, so this is the first film to cost over $100 million. Wow. Uh, was it worth it? Were the effects that mesmerizing? You know, I think, like, it's hard to watch it now and be like, wow, the effects. Yeah. Just because. So I feel like... It's hard to place ourselves back That's in a true. time where it would have been impressive. We would be impressed, but I, yeah. I do think like it's hard, be- especially when you're comparing it to something like Aliens, be- which use so much like practical effects. Yeah, and just looks it like holds up. Like you're right. we were just talking about it being like sort of a time capsule, but in a way that translates well to now. But with Terminator, 
it's a little different and i think it's, it's more because the effects yeah yeah the effects are really dated and apparently it's the reason why the sequel came so much so many years after the first movie is like mm-hmm. james cameron knew he wanted the t1000 character to have this like special effect of shape-shifting yeah um and like molding his body into like weapons uh mm-hmm. and they just like didn't have the technology for it yeah that's why it took um, a- uh, avatar so long to get me Lord. too yeah yeah <laughs> what a pioneer uh, <laughs> um so this movie stars a child actor and i am normally very hard on children actors but i enjoyed young john connor i was movie. like you know if i was a 13 year old girl i would have had the biggest crush on him exactly <laughs> he, he was like a bad boy i yeah as soon as he came on screen i was like this little shit like he's like a live action bart simpson <laughs> and i looked him up now and he's like a horrible person yeah and like he the interesting thing about child actors with some notable exceptions like the sprouses is that (laughs) the the features that make them look really cute as kids do not age well into adulthood yeah you're right except for like dylan sprouse dylan sprouse and like (sighs) i think it's different for young women but uh a lot of yeah young male actors do not age very well. or like ryan gosling i guess He's yeah ryan gosling like... is also an exception yeah <laughs> it's hard to tell with kids like this is yeah. gonna sound so mean but no one probably knew that daniel radcliffe was gonna turn out like looking the way he did when they cast him <laughs> as harry potter i think like he, he starts out looking a lot like my idea of harry and then as the older he gets he like is like stocky yeah. you know yeah. and like mm-hmm. angular in a weird way yeah. it's like no how were they to know <laughs> yeah <laughs> same with like I think that about Arya, too, from Game of Thrones. Oh, well, yeah. Right? Her oh. and Sansa just look so different. They don't look Yeah, like they do. They look all. wildly different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. That's a, a digression. Um, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Okay, so let's talk about Sarah Connor. As played by Linda Hamilton, one of James Cameron's four ex-wives. Uh, Can you believe she's supposed to be 29? LOL. How she's, old is she older. when she made this movie? I don't know, but like, sir, like how, like, let's look it up because, <laughs> yeah, because what the fuck, I, when they said that they were like 29 year old, I was like, <laughs> I know. I, I was like, like, oh, she had John when she was uh, 19. <laughs> I guess she was supposed to be 19 in the first movie. Wait. Oh God. Okay. This movie was made in 35. Okay. Okay. So Linda Hamilton was 35 while making uh, Terminator 2. So six years older than her character. That's, like, cool, though, right? Yeah, like, whatever. Men do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah, but it made me feel like I was a child and, like, yeah. way less Ugh. mature than I should be, uh-huh. which is, you... like, probably true in some respects, but... <laughs> I was like, just for I our start, generation, like... too, okay? Yeah, you're like, right. Look, you're our right. generation hopefully won't have to deal with the robot apocalypse either, yeah. so we won't be aged prematurely. It did make me feel like I should start doing, like, pull-ups or something, though hell yeah she's ripped in this uh and apparently like trained for a full year so uh that's cool yeah Uh, i would love to see a movie about the period where sarah has a young child and is trying to train him to be like a guerrilla leader you know like on the run like before she gets arrested that would have been really cool like i i felt like we were almost thrown into it too much like yeah we have a lot of catching up to do yeah i was super confused why she was in the mental hospital i like i guess i wasn't paying that much attention <laughs> uh mackenzie i'm gonna be honest this movie was a struggle for me to pay attention to again because of my problem where i stopped paying attention during action scenes 
I like almost could do without Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie at all and just wanted to watch her like be cool, you know? Yeah, he definitely like his character uh, detracts from the relationship she has with John and like yeah. her importance as a character, really. Yeah. Um, like she has this weird moment where she's like watching Arnold interact with John and like John teach Arnold uh, like pop culture terms <laughs> and she thinks um watching john with the machine it was suddenly so clear the terminator would never stop it would never leave him and it would never hurt him never shout at him or get drunk and hit him or say it was too busy to spend time with him it would always be there and it would die to protect him of all the would-be fathers who came and went over the years this thing this machine was the only one who measured up in an insane world it was the sanest choice so this is also her getting a little horny for the machine, I feel like, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other, like, really, the famous Sarah monologue, it's barely a monologue, it's, like, two lines, uh, she gives when she has, they've, um, she's, like, chastising the guy who goes on to basically cause the robot apocalypse, uh, who she's attacked in his home. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, like... Uh, he's like, how am I supposed to know that my actions now would lead to the robot apocalypse? And Sarah says, yeah, right. How are you supposed to know? Fucking men like you who built the hydrogen bomb. Men like you thought it up. You think you're so creative? You don't know what it's like to really create something, to create a life, to feel it growing inside you. All you know how to create is death and destruction. And I feel like this is actually very problematic because it's putting mm-hmm. women in this like holier-than-thou savior context. Like Virgin Mary's just meant to pop out saviors and create life. Rather than being like human beings who can also yeah. destroy. Though I was there for the first half of it. I was like, Me yes, too. With like, you, with you, with you. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> men do think they're like so creative. And it's like that Tessa Thompson shirt that we shared where it's like men make a lot of bad art. They yeah. also make a lot of bad like technology and other shit. They just make mm-hmm. stupid shit. But guess what? Elizabeth Holmes proves we have the capacity to make bad stuff too. Exactly. That's feminism. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could be bad too. Yeah, yeah. We're not just like fucking. And then, and then, as soon as she started with like the mom stuff, I was like, "Girl, this is." It seemed like very like I feel like she w- wasn't allowed to like become her own person. Yes, yes, agree. Before she had a kid, and so it just became like her whole life. Yeah, and like, who is Sarah Connor, the character? She doesn't really do anything. Other than birth John, that consequential, she's not part of the resistance herself that we know of. She mm-hmm. just, you know, like, is John's mom. And yeah. even in this movie, bad. like, she kind of, like, fucks up a lot, too, you know? Like, uh, Arnold is still, like, John's ultimate protector um, and, like, the hero of the movie. It just feels bad that, like, she had she had no choice in this destiny at all. Like... And there's no changing it either. Like, she was sent, like, a man was sent to impregnate her from the future when she was 19. Yes. And then she spent the next 10 years of her life, like, protecting this child that she, like, was, like, forced upon her. Yeah, this is a huge Jesus story. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Sarah Connor. Yeah. Like, she just wants, she just wants to, like go clubbing <laughs> doesn't she yeah in the first movie she's just like a party girl yeah she's just let a party her live girl. exactly exactly uh mm-hmm. and 
It's kind of like what we were saying earlier, too, that uh, this is a quote from Deep Focus Review. Um, a continuing need to preserve the nuclear family prevails in Cameron's work. Sarah Connor protects her unborn son and humanity's savior, John Connor, alongside his future father, Kyle Reese in The Terminator, and later protects the teenage John, behind, he's not a teenager, besides another fatherly substitute, Schwarzenegger's good-hearted killer robot in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So it is like this, it's like the like the, the family unit like is a structure that is ultimately good in these mm-hmm. movies um and like will prevail it's just frustrating to constantly have these lead women characters be pigeonholed into the mom roles or the caretaking roles because there's this like recurring scene where she sees this playground with filled with kids and they just get uh turned to dust by the explosion and that's like this thing that keeps causing her to it is basically her motivator for wanting to stop the apocalypse and i'm like how about you just want to like survive and like live your life i don't know Mm -hmm. or think about how the how the different the movie would be if john was her daughter rather than her son there are so few movies about like mother daughter relationships in this mm-hmm. context. Like, um, I watched Rogue One a few months ago, mm-hmm. and that's like the emotional thrust of that story is between um, a dad and a daughter. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but what if it was the mom though? You know, like mm-hmm. when have we ever seen that? Like, kind of like the story about like a, a mother's legacy pass on to her daughter in an action movie or like in a fantasy mm-hmm. or in a mm-hmm. sci-fi movie. Um, you know, and like, how would that make this movie different if like hmm. Sarah had a daughter who she was shaping to be, uh, like a, a leader? It almost seems like it would be more like they would have like a t- be like working in tandem rather than in this movie too. It's kind of weird because John is this like future military like hero or whatever. Yeah. So in a lot of the scenes, he's like weirdly undermining her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yes. when she does have that speech about men destroying whatever, he's yeah. just he's like, okay, mom. <laughs> and I'm I like, know. shut up, you little asshole. Oh God, it would it would really truly. I think if someone, I think if a young boy grew up being told he was going to become like humanity's savior, it would ruin him. They're, oh, like, my God. can you imagine? Oh God, so terrible. Also, how trippy is it going to be for John to meet his future daddy? Like, in the future, and be like, yeah, go back in time, bang my mom. Yeah, he does sort of mention that, too. He's like, Yeah, he's so like, that's weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, the point is, like, we just want women to have more motivations than just being moms. And yeah, protecting exactly. kids. It's Agreed. Like, well, if you think about it, like, how often are men burdened with that responsibility? I know. Like, continuing Not- on... Yeah, exactly. Really? Never. Yeah. Never. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, when you say strong female character at all, it's like, well, what is a strong male character? Like, it's like a meaningless word, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it just is not like a, um, a measuring stick we apply to like male characters. And in the same way, we never like think of anybody primarily as like a father, you know, in a movie mm-hmm. like this. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, if you think about like, like think about our... I don't know, just, like, famous, like, male heroes, like, Harry Potter or, like, Luke Skywalker. It's, like, what are their motivations, really? They are the chosen one. Yeah. They're the John Connor of their series. Yeah. And, Uh and like, Ripley and Sarah Connor are, like, 
the moms? I don't know. It's like I Ugh. love moms, and they should have their own. We hero are pro stories, mom, but they just can't. It just doesn't have to be only moms. <laughs> exactly, and I again, I think this is something that if a woman was writing it and was a mother, would be able to find and like understand like the motivations of a mother in a way that was more interesting, more about themselves as a person mm-hmm. and like the identity of of being a mother mm-hmm. rather than just being like someone's caretaker kind of yeah. you know yeah um a funny parallel i found in the one star reviews for this movie is that people hated john connor and said <laughs> john connor is so incredibly irritating that 30 minutes into the film i wanted to kill him myself which is what they said about newt and so we have found gender equality in <laughs> the imdb reviews <laughs> people just hate like, children i don't like watch movies where i'm like i want to kill the <laughs> i have never wanted i have i mean we probably say this like every episode but i have never felt that way <laughs> i've never Me been either. like i would i wish to see this character die i've never thought that interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just a different type of person um okay so what are your what final are your- ratings uh, I'm going to give it a six as well. Like, and I'm going to give it a five. Honestly, again, I just don't think I like, I just don't, it just didn't like grip me very much. Honestly, I'm not that into robots either. Like mm-hmm. in this context, because they're basically like, um, they're not so much robots as they are like weapons and machines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like if we, we were doing an episode on like AI or androids or cyber, well, which we will next, right? which we will do. Yes. Yet. Oh yeah, we are. That's a tease. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's a more interesting because it's about like the humanity where these, this is basically about like a human like gun. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's just not that gripping to me. I'm happy. I saw it. I'm happy. That I'm like familiar with it now, but yeah, I think I'd give it a five. Uh, I'll what? give. Wait, you're giving it a five? Yeah. You said six at first. I demoted it to a five. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll give it a five too. I just think like, well, it is really cool to see Sarah Connor like be capable and uh-huh. strong. I think it's just like overall more frustrating to see her limited character wise because she has potential to be so cool i think that it's just Mm -hmm. disappointing it is Um, and james cameron don't pat yourself too hard on the back for this character (laughs) um yeah so these two (laughs) these two movies these two movies that are like so uh, famous for their, like we said before, strong female female leads, quote, quotation marks mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, they have like no women behind the the camera, pretty much. You just like scroll through the the list, and it's like they both have uh, women producers attached, women costume designers. I think casting a little bit, and then like a mm-hmm. few other people, like. It's just the the difference between the the ratio is so off. It's so frustrating. It's like it is. you have to dig so deep to get like one woman's name on this like yeah. ca- crew list. Yeah. Um, but a few of the women that we would like to shout out that have walked worked <laughs> that have worked on these movies 
Uh, well, we mentioned before that Gail Ann Hurd was, um, I think she produced both of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, and she was also married to James Cameron. But um, man, honestly, thinking about how James Cameron met two of his wives through work makes like makes me think about how like fucked up it is to be a woman in the workplace sometimes. You yeah. know, like. If, you're right. Oh. He's going into these situations like, where's my next wife? You're right. Oh, my gosh. That reminds me of a girl that I met at camp, and she was talking, like, in high school, and she would always say, she was like, you go to college to find your husband. And what me and my fuck? friends were like, girl. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but shout out to Galen Hurd for producing. Um, she, I mean, she still works in film. Uh, she... Produced The Walking Dead. Okay, uh, Gail Ann Hurd, I'm on her IMDb page. Yes, yeah, she's um, produced The Walking Dead, Lore, The Incredible Hulk, she was a producer on 2008. Uh, so she's obviously still active. Oh, and she also produced The 2003 Hulk. Very interesting. Huh. Um, and Clock Stoppers. I don't know if you remember that movie. I was talking about it recently. I think I do, yeah. So she's brought some amazing properties to <laughs> the screen and um, also survived a marriage with James Cameron. So we salute you, Gail Her- and Heard. Yeah. <laughs> and she was married to Brian De Palma, too, briefly. Checking off the... <laughs> yeah, famous male directors. Um, okay, so it would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on April 15th and we will be discussing Blade Runner and Ex Machina, two robot sexy lady movies. <laughs> ChickFlix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Crude Carlson for our music. Thanks for listening to ChickFlix. Bye.